Have you heard about uh, food halls? That's right, food halls. There is absolutely unequivocally no doubt or in my mind that these are things that are really here to stay. Listen, a food hall is not a food court. It's not a restaurant, okay? It's definitely not one of those fast food joints, okay? These are places that mix local artesian chefs with other food and beverages. And uh, I got to tell you, this is something that I think is really going to take off. Now, generally speaking, they're all under one roof. And food halls, in my opinion, are the new fad that has becoming a true trend. No different than co-working and upscale apartment complexes and condos. This is Paul Truesdell, and you are listening to Connecting Dots. And make sure to read the disclaimer in our show notes before each episode. So what do you say we get started? One of the things I want to talk to you a little bit about before I get started is the fact that we do forecasting here at Fixed Cost Financial. Now, forecasting is a big deal. Forecasting means you sit down and you look at the facts and the figures. You look at what's going on. It's both quantitative and qualitative. And yeah, it's involving connecting dots. That's why we call this podcast Connecting Dots. It's about taking bets, strategic bets, not gambling, and importantly, taking big bets on big ideas. And that's a real key concept. Now, food halls have lately become literally all the rage in places like Chicago and New York, especially in Chicago. I mean, these things have kicked off. So what exactly is a food hall? Now, they're different in different markets, but these are not cafeterias, okay? This is not your typical in-the-mall food court. No way, shape, or form. Let me repeat that. This is not a food court. Now, food halls are essentially a creation of millennials and that generation. And it's, well, basically a different iteration of the same concepts that have been around for years. But the difference is they typically are in urban areas. They're in post-industrial areas. And what they are is they're seizing on local food, okay? Not these big chains, not like a food court in a suburban corporate franchised environment that we all know of, right? The McDonald's, the Burger King, the Starbucks, the Taco Bell, all of the the typical Chipotle, boring. No, these are places where you're not going to get the standard American dishes. These are going to be environmentally designed, okay? And so instead of this, you know, quick, fast, in, out, thank you very much, we're out of here. You're eating in a solitary environment. You're not engaging. No, the heck with that stuff. This is about diversity and engagement. Now, we were talking here at the office at length about the fact that we believe that the iPhone and social media has made a lot of people mentally ill, isolated, and their socialization is just in the toilet. That's the reason why organizations like Everbright and WeWork and Meetup and all these different networking organizations are doing really well. As we've seen a reduction in religious beliefs and those kinds of things, as we've seen a reduction in the traditional city, community, you have, uh, for example, high schools where they change the boundaries all the time. So again, there's no high school identity. You have colleges that, you know, there's a lot of issues in colleges. So you don't identify, you just get a degree and get the hell out of there and get a job. What you're seeing is a real desire by a lot of people. They want to connect. They want to find some way to have meaningful relationships. And again, you've got all these different applications. You know, you can't meet people. Why do you think Tinder's out there? It's because people aren't meeting people on a one-to-one basis. 
So what's happening with, again, food halls is that you have a, a diverse assortment of vendors and, and they're from around the world and they're encouraging the lingering and hanging around, the socialization. You oftentimes have a bar there and you might be able to, and this is where some of these folks are really doing a great job. They have a grocery store there as well. In Istanbul, the Grand Bazaar established in 1461. It's no different than what they established in Cleveland on the West Side Market in 1912. You got food, you got shopping, you got bars, you're lingering. All this is is a replacement from small town America where you had a, a town center. So you want to get a quick bite to eat, you want to talk to somebody, kind of get a few things, you want locally prepared dishes by locally local people, you know? Keep the money local. And you want some specialty vendors? Oh, you know, like I have a baker and a florist and a butcher. That's what this is all about. Now, food halls are really well suited for the taste of today's 20 and 30. That's what you have basically being written in most of the magazines. But I'm telling you, it's for everybody. And I love when I go to a place that's a food hall. I just love it. And it's now becoming really popular with developers. Listen, the increase is huge. 700% increase in food halls since, from well, literally from 2017 to 2019. That's a massive increase. Now, landlords and developers, I mean, they love these things because they pull in crowds. Why is that important? Because we have a declining retail sales and you have shopping centers that are going belly up. And here at Fixed Cost Financial, we track real estate. One of the things we have is we have some very strong real estate investment trusts, but we're always looking to see how these people are doing their business. So for example, you got an apartment, you got a shopping center. Let's marry the two together where you start having apartment complexes and condominiums that are attached and being retrofitted to shopping centers. And what do you have? You begin to have more of a town center. These things are huge. Now, of course, you got to have the right people there. So you might have to have restricted access to this. That used to be one time a public facility. Now it's no longer public. You have to have uh, background checks on people. I mean, you can't have these places become basically gathering spots for gangs. So you got to have good security with these things. Now, one of the things recently, I had a conversation with Christina. Christina and I met and had a great conversation at a Starbucks on Harbor Island. And if you're in business and you're looking for someone to help turn around your business, give me a call because I have a lady that you might want to talk to. Okay, very important concept here. We have people that we can refer you to who are turnaround experts in your business. And Christina is one of those. So we were talking about how some of the developments in downtown Tampa, why do they have apartments on the ground floor? They're in a downtown area. Why wouldn't you put on those retail and, and uh, have offices? And they didn't do it. Some of these places, they just didn't do it. So what you're seeing is a lot of the ground floor residential buildings, what they're doing, they're very appealing to tenants because they don't have to leave their apartment. They don't have to leave their building for meals and drinks. So again, one of the things we're seeing is a complete change where people want to be with like-minded people, nice, comfortable social gatherings. They don't want to be, you know, if I can, if I can drink and maybe I have a little bit more than I should, I just take the elevator and go upstairs. And so chefs, this is a big deal. Not all chefs are good business people. Ask Guy Fieri. That guy has had more restaurants come and go. He recently had a restaurant in, I believe, the Villages, and it didn't last very long. It was a stink bomb. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
Now, one of the things chefs can do, well, it reduces the startup costs of opening a restaurant. And you've got, well, near guaranteed foot traffic. So if you know what you're doing, hey, the logistical burdens of involving food service, kind of out of it. Again, some of the kitchen sharing and all that kind of stuff, kind of like, a, you know, owning a condo versus a house. So the bottom line is simply this. With a condo, you don't have to worry about fixing a roof, show up, prep, serve, everything else is taken care of. You can see where these food halls make a lot of sense. And the food halls are basically originated in the United States around the year 2000, give or take. Again, it's part of that post-industrial movement where you're beginning to see the reuse, the reurbanization of cities. And if you want to see what's going on, go to the city of Tampa. In the last 20 years, Tampa has gone to a complete revitalization. Now, from border to border and coast to coast, we know we have listeners all across the United States. Tampa is the next, well, it's not the next. It is the exploding city right now. It is growing. Lots of cities are growing, but this place is doing it right. They got some great political leadership. And a person I happen to know a little bit about, Jane Castor is the mayor, and she is part of a group of people that are doing a phenomenal job. Bob Buckhorn did a great job. They really took over from prior administrations that screwed the pooch. These guys know what they're doing. And again, food halls are really making an impact all across the world. They're coming to a town near you. And it's nothing more than the same thing from years ago. It's a town center, okay? The town center. It's like Toothpick Alley. Everything is in the town center. The downtown once had a large number of food services places. Well, the millennials are bringing it back. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Well, food halls are nothing more than an adaptation of an old idea, but it's clear that the popularity of food halls is just beginning. So, again, everybody talks about reinventing the wheel now. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just take a look at what went on in the past and do it now. Food halls, well, it's just a new twist on a historical town center. Yep, that's all it is, guys. Now, when it comes to real estate and shopping centers and retrofitting them, I got news for you. You know one of the things I thought about? This is no different than mobile homes. A lot of mobile homes have community centers and people are really active. People make food. They have, again, nights where everybody gets together and, you know, you bring that dish, this dish. Churches do that Wednesday night. Oftentimes, a lot of churches or Monday, they bring different meals in, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? 55 plus communities do the very same thing. So this is not a new thing. This is just a different twist on the same old idea. Okay, well, that does it for me. This is another edition of Connecting Dots. What issue is this? We're getting close to number 100. Let me take a quick look while I'm getting ready to wrap up here. This was episode, you're going to laugh and say, I already heard you say it's number 97. My gosh, I can't believe it. Three more and we're at 100. You believe in that? 100 episodes. Come on, you got to say that's pretty cool. So anyways, I always say the same thing. If you got an idea, tip a trick trip or just want to opine, give me a call at 888. Don't tongue tie yourself. 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864. Twitter, where do you find it? Fixed Cost Invest. Facebook, where do you find it? Fixed Cost Investing. Oh, no, just Fixed Cost Investing. <laughs> you can always find us at FixedCostInvesting.com or you can go to Dots.fm. Listen, this has been a long day. I am tired. I am busy. I've got a lot of things to do. And with that, what do you say we get out of here? Have a great day. Thank you for joining me for episode 97. Bye. All rights reserved. Reproduction or use without written authorization prohibited without written authorization.